0: Just Start Real Estate, episode number 184. All right, guys, thank you for joining me here on Just Start Real Estate. If it's your first time, welcome to the show. If you've been here before, welcome back. My name is Mike Simmons. I am your host. And today we are on day four. Four, and we're gonna hear from Brandon Turner about the question of automation and whether or not new real estate investors should be trying to automate their business from day one, and if so, what can and should they automate right from the start. We've already heard from three really great investors earlier in the week on this exact same question. I'm really excited to dive into Brandon's answer and hear what he has to say on the subject. Hang around afterward, I will be there to wrap up his answer and kind of give you my my feedback on what he had to say. So without any further ado, let's dive in and hear how Brandon answers the question of automation.
1: Should a brand new investor try to automate their business right from the start? If so, what can and should be automated? So automation is such a dream for people, right? They read books like The 4-Hour Workweek, uh, and they think, oh, I'm going to outsource my entire life. If you haven't read The 4-Hour Workweek, it's all about that. It's finding ways to be more productive so you can outsource more things so you can enjoy doing the things that you want to do. And it is a really great thing. I mean, we've all heard of the dream of the the entrepreneur, the real estate investor who's running their business from the beach and they work an hour a week or four hours a week or whatever it is. But honestly, automation never really works quite like that, at least not in my life and not in the lives of most people I know. Most real estate investors I know work harder and longer than anybody else in, out there. I mean, we work hard because we see the return that someday we're going to uh, be able to live that four-hour work week life because we'll be Outsourcing everything, but that takes a long time to get there. So today, I just want to talk about a few tips for for outsourcing, when it should be done, when it shouldn't be done, and uh, what a new investor should do. So first of all, I want to recommend a couple books about automation. Number one, I already mentioned with Four Hour Work Week, excellent book. Uh, but it's it's a lot of fluff. It's a lot of like motivational crap. But there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, I love the Four Hour Work Week, but uh, it, it's good for getting into a mindset. Another one that's maybe a little more actionable. Uh, but still kind of mindset is The E-Myth Revisited by Michael Gerber. Uh, that book is all about gears. Um, I like to uh, I like to use an analogy that he kind of uses throughout the book, that a business should run like a watch. Imagine an old-fashioned watch or an old-fashioned clock or uh, whatever. You open it up, and you see a bunch of gears moving inside, and one gear is turning into the other gear, and that gear is turning into a third gear and so on and so forth, and the entire watch is moving because of these gears and these levers and these pulleys that are all working in sync together. That is what a good business should run like. If you have a problem with one of the gears, you can take the gear out, you can replace it with another gear uh, of this exact same size, exact same position, uh, turns the same way, because your entire business becomes replaceable gears. That is the key to automation. The key to automation is creating these roles that then turn automatically Now it likely will never be hundred percent automated, but you can, you know, get pretty close. Uh, so the reason you want to do that, the reason that that is the ideal business is because if you're currently working all those gears, when you're doing all those gears, it's very hard to move your company forward with the things that only you can do. There's a phrase called d- moving the needle. You want to do the things that move the needle, that actually make a difference in your business. What is it that you can do that nobody else can do? Those are the things ideally you want to focus on. I mean, imagine this. Imagine you're um, running a, I don't know, a bakery. And there's only one person in that entire bakery that can make an amazing donut that everyone loves, and that is you. You are the only one that can make that donut. And every donut you make, you sell immediately. Unlimited. You could just keep making donuts and you keep selling them and making money for your company. However, you're stuck doing the bookwork in the back. You're doing accounting in the back. And so for every hour you spend doing accounting, that's an hour you're not spending making donuts that you can sell. So obviously that is why automation is so key, is because you need to focus on the things that only you can do in your business and that you do best. However, when you are first starting out, sometimes the baker has to do the bookwork. I mean, that, that's just the the way life is. Sometimes you don't have the money. Uh, to be able to hire all those things out. Sure, if you have a lot of money and you can just jump right into your business and have all these automated systems set up, maybe you'll do fine. But chances are most people listening to this don't have that uh, kind of system set up. So I highly recommend when you first get started, before you start outsourcing, you need to build those gears. You need to take each one of those gears that are supposed to be moving so effortlessly and easily, you need to first build that gear. And what I mean by you build a role what does this exact role do and then you have to do it otherwise you won't know how to do it you won't know how to make it run smoothly and run right unless you do it first so I think it's very important to work in that role until you've mastered it until it's working exactly the way that it should be working then consider outsourcing it if you can afford to do so or if by doing so you can earn more money for your business Uh, for example I used to answer a lot of phones I used to answer all the phones for my company uh, when I first got started. All the tenants that were calling me or dealing with contractors, I dealt with all of that. However, a little bit later, I realized my wife was way better at talking to people on the phone than I was. I don't like talking to people on the phone. So I handed that off to her and asked her, can you take over the phone calls? She was amazing at it, and it let me do what I was best at, which was finding deals. I could find deals and negotiate just fine and try to move my business forward that way. But if I'm bogged down answering phone calls... Uh, my business isn't moving forward we're just spinning in place so i answered phone calls i knew exactly how i wanted to do it and how i the best way to answer phone calls and then i had my wife take over now she's improved it quite a bit and that is a good sign of a good gear is that something that can keep improving so uh that was a one example in my life of outsourcing something uh, later on we actually outsourced the phone calls uh to our Office manager, I guess you'd call her. Um, it doesn't have to be a full-time person. We hired somebody for a minimum, maybe five to ten hours a week, just to help out answering phones. Now that we've handed that task on to that person, now my wife does uh, more of the bookkeeping things, and uh, it's it the gears are working much more smoothly now. But I would have never had that had I not started out. So when I first got started out, I mean, I was doing absolutely everything. I mean, I was fixing toilets, I was talking to tenants, I was painting, I was answering phones, I was doing everything that could be done. I was even, I mean, I was the contractor on our flips, I was the everything. And honestly, I don't think there's any problem with that, as long as I understood that I didn't want to do that forever. So I think when you're first starting out, I think it's important that you may have to do all those tasks. But don't do them just assuming that you're going to do them forever. Do them from day one with the assumption that you will eventually outsource this to somebody else. And so always have that in your mind. How can I outsource this? How can I make this run more smoothly, more efficiently? And I'm going to document it so I can hand it off to somebody else. So whatever it is in your business, you may not be able to automate it right away, but eventually you will. Uh, Before I wrap up here, let me give you just a few ways that things that you can automate in your business. And I've kind of mentioned a few of them. Uh, But uh, number one, phone calls, uh, depending on if you're a landlord, or if you're flipping or if you're doing whatever. Uh, but phone calls, no matter what you're dealing with, can be troublesome, but there's a lot of people that can answer phones. Uh, <laughs> rent collection, if you're a landlord, again, if you're collecting rent, that can be difficult um, to always have to like go pick up the rent. I don't recommend that. But there's services like online rent payment. There's uh, you know machines. There, there's a new Pay Near Me service. You can pay at 7-Eleven. Uh, all those things that will help you automate the rent collection. Uh, If you're flipping houses, you got to pick up materials for a job, you can automate that. I mean, companies like Home Depot will actually deliver for like $100 all your material at one time. Uh, If you buy the same material time and time again for your flip, uh, you can easily produce that list over again and you can run that at night or your contractor, you can pass that on to them. Uh, Marketing, uh, marketing is a huge area that you should be able to outsource a lot of tasks there. Uh, For example, if you're handwriting yellow letters and trying to send out these letters to everyone. You can automate the the writing of that by getting somebody else to do that or by hiring a company to do that. Now, again, I'm not suggesting you just throw money at other things if you don't have it because you don't want to be going broke doing this. But those are just a few tasks that you can automate right away. But like I said, don't don't worry too much about automation at, at first. Focus on building a solid business and constructing those gears so they run smoothly so that you can back off eventually, transition those gears, replace them with other people, and you can work on the things that move the needle in your business.
0: All right, guys, that was Brandon Turner. And once again, he delivered the goods. That was a great answer. Really good advice. And and I think, you know, just, just really sound advice on how to go about automating and building those gears and making sure that your company runs well and is built on a solid foundation before you start automating. And if you've been listening to all of these episodes this week from Justin and from Sharon and Ben and now from Brandon and there has been a common thread that's been kind of woven through all these answers and I don't know if you caught it but it kind of jumps out to me that one of the things that all of them agreed on is before you automate anything you should learn how to do that thing first. In other words, if you want to automate um anything like if you want to automate hiring a contractor right you want to figure out someone who can do that for you you need to first do that you need to hire some contractors go through that process before you try to automate it so don't try to automate a task or a responsibility that you have no idea how to do. You'll never be able to train someone effectively if you've never done it. So it was interesting to see you know, some common threads throughout all of the answers, but yet all of the answers this week have been very unique and very different in a lot of ways. So I hope you guys realize how incredibly valuable this is, this, this question and answer series that I've been doing, and getting the insight from these phenomenal, phenomenal real estate investors. And you know what? I didn't really mention this at the beginning of this series, and I haven't really mentioned it in any of the show notes, but you should understand every single one of these investors has a program or coaching or something that people normally have to pay for to get their insight into a lot of these kinds of questions. So, you know, these guys really know their stuff and people pay to get their opinion on things. So, it's really cool that they've come here and done this for us and please take advantage of it. Please listen to these episodes, take notes and immediately apply some of these things that they're talking about because the answers that they're giving you are absolute gold. I mean, We are talking about real deal investors here that are just phenomenally phenomenally successful in their business. All right. That's all we have for this week. It's Friday. Have a great weekend. I'll see you back here on Monday. Talk to you soon.